morning or good evening, depending on where you are. My name is Kate Pickering, and next week on December the 9th, I will be giving a webinar entitled uh, Promoting Student Wellbeing Through English. We're going to be looking in the webinar at um, the mental health crisis, which exists with teenagers today, and a little bit of background on that. Um, and then we'll be moving on to look at the importance of social and emotional learning. And very importantly, three different ways that you can use to integrate social and emotional learning, it's a bit difficult to say, into your classrooms. So that's next Thursday, December the 9th. I think you can sign up for it below this screen here. So the webinars on promoting student well-being, but um, when I was preparing the webinar, it set me thinking a little bit about teacher well-being. And in many ways, that's just as important. So that's what we're going to look at in these 10 minutes just now. And we're gonna start off with five objects I'd like to show you. They look a bit random, but you will see later why I have them here. So first of all, I have this, it's a, a memory stick. The next one I have is this. You may not know what it is straight away. That's going to tick for a while. It's a, an old fashioned kitchen timer. I have a tape measure. I've got, this is a really strange one. My running shoe. And finally, a phone. And you'll see what the relevance is of those objects in a few minutes. But I want to start off by thinking about the past two years for teachers. Now, in general, for everybody in society, I think the past two years has posed a tremendous strain. All of us have been concerned about our own personal health and well-being and the well-being of our families and friends. But as teachers, I think we've had a very additional burden to bear um, compared to everybody else. Not everybody else, obviously key health workers have had even more stress. But as teachers, I think we've had a particular burden to face. Um, and that has come in many different ways. I think first, we had a very sudden switch from normal teaching to lockdown. I know in my case, I went from teaching a normal class on a Tuesday to uh, the government in Madrid announcing they were gonna lock down two days later. And the next day I switched to online teaching, which I had never done before. So that meant for all of us, a very rapid development of new skills on very little training. Then we had the joys of teaching in lockdown. Um, that meant uh, for many of us dealing with a lack of appropriate technology, um, maybe a lack of an appropriate working space. I know I was working at home here. There were four of us. We were all fighting for the Wi-Fi um, and it was it was a crazy time. Then, of course, we had the difficulty of managing our students in this situation of students who didn't have appropriate equipment 
with which to follow the classes and students who were also grappling with emotional issues themselves. Many teachers had to deal with an increased administrative workload because we had our lockdown classes uh, online during the day. And then after hours, we had to field all these inquiries from parents about what was happening and where their children had to upload their work. So that in itself, I think, was a massive additional burden. And once the actual lockdowns were over and we returned to face-to-face -face teaching, then we had to deal with things like applying gel to students, checking they're wearing masks, seeing if they're keeping social distancing. Um, I teach now in a faculty of nursing students and trying to stop them being all over each other and hugging each other. These are nursing students. It's crazy. And of course, many of us had a transitional period when we were involved in bimodal teaching or hybrid teaching, where maybe you've got a class of 30 students uh, and you've got 15, 16 at home and the rest in class. And I know I found that particularly challenging, trying to make sure that I am attending equally to both groups of students and integrating the people who are at home into the class that's taking place in the classroom. And the situation has been ever-changing and very volatile. And I think all of us now, as the news uh, that's hitting these days comes in, we're probably thinking, oh, what's going to happen next? Are we going to go back to some of those situations that we've been through in the past? Is that going to become a reality for us as we move into the new year? So clearly it's been a very difficult time. And in fact, in a study that was conducted in the United States in June, 2021, 75% of teachers reported job-related stress. That compares with just 40% in the general population. And 27% of teachers reported symptoms of depression compared to 10% in the general population. Now, those are very uh, impactful statistics. They show that teachers are really suffering, as we all know. So what I want to do now is just to look at five tips for teacher well-being: Things we can do, simple things to look after ourselves before we start looking after our students' well-being. The first thing I think we need to do is to celebrate the positive. So many of us have had this huge learning curve with lots of new skills and lots of new tools that we've had to get to grips with. And I think most of us have come out of that, even though there were some very difficult times, I'm sure you'll all agree with me, but we've come out of that more confident and with new tools at our disposal. And I think that's a really positive thing. So here's the technology. I've just got my little memory stick here. But I think a lot of us have learned a lot of new tech tools. Um, I think also we've, through this process, many of us have strengthened the relationships we have with colleagues. So we need to celebrate these positive things that have come out of this very challenging situation. And I think as a general rule, we need to give ourselves a pat on the back. So perhaps 
my tip here is to take a little bit of time, maybe on a Friday when you're going home from school, going home from work, taking a little time in your commute home just to think, what is one good thing I did this week? Maybe it was a lesson that went particularly well, an interaction with a student which was successful, or a moment where you were able to help a colleague and celebrate the positive. The next thing, and here I've got my, my timer, is to be realistic about setting the tasks that you have to do and managing your time. It's really important not to feel overwhelmed, but to try to break down the task into chunks. And the reason why I've got this timer is I'd like to mention to you, if you don't know it, a technique called the Pomodoro method. The Pomodoro method or technique um, involves breaking your work down into blocks of 25 minutes. And you set a timer, which could be like this, or could be obviously one on your phone. And you have 25 minutes to work in a really focused way, not looking at WhatsApp, not looking at your email, working really focusedly for 25 minutes. And then you have a five minute break. And you do the same thing three times. And at the end of three periods of work, you have a 15 minute break. And this can be really helpful for people like me who have a problem with procrastination and getting distracted to really help us focus. Another thing we need to do is to set boundaries. Okay, now a lot of us, I think, have a tendency to really extend our working day longer than we should. And at the end of the day, we are not going to be able to perform at our best if we are tired and if we have the sensation that we only live to work. So it's really important to set some limits on your day and to say, enough, now is when I stop. Another thing that I think is super important is to prioritize things that are good for us. We need to have things to look forward to. We need to have plans to see family and friends. We need to eat well. We need to sleep well. And very importantly, we need to make time to move. Physical exercise is really helpful when you're feeling stressed. And I often find that when I've got a lot of things on my mind, I go for a run. And although my main objective there is to take some distance from my work, but often my thoughts calm down a bit and I actually get good ideas while I'm out there running. So I think prioritizing looking after yourself is a really, really good thing to do. And the final one is communicate. If you are struggling with your workload, with the psychological burden of your work, if you are feeling signs of strain, if you're not sleeping, talk to someone about it. Talk to a colleague. You may find it's a question of sharing and seeing that everyone is going through something similar. But maybe it could be a moment when you need to speak to your superior and see if anything can be done to help. Okay. So those are my five tips for teacher well-being. Just to reiterate, celebrate the positives, set realistic tasks and manage your time effectively, set boundaries so that your life does not become just work, prioritize things which are good for you, and finally, communicate if you are in difficulty. 
But remember, if you want to know more about how we can help work on our students' well-being, then please sign up for my webinar next Thursday, December the 9th, in the box below. Thank you very much and have a lovely rest of your day. Bye now.